Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast. The only baseball podcast in the world with as much behind-the-scenes Elias Diaz content as you could possibly dream of. This episode will be featuring a very dear friend, a podcast past guest. It is Mr. Daniel Alvarez. I'm Jordan Schusterman. Daniel Alvarez is sitting across from me. Jake is not with us for reasons I will explain later. Daniel, hello. Hello, Jordan. Uh, uh, this, you, thank you for having me back. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we are always looking for any excuse to have Daniel Alvarez on the podcast. And Elias Diaz hitting a home run to win the All-Star Game, essentially the first National League victory since 2012, could not have been a more perfect reason. Even if Jake wasn't here, I might have said, sorry, Jake, get out of the way so I can have Daniel on the podcast to uh, to celebrate and talk about this All-Star Game. And I got to be honest with you, Daniel, like normally the All-Star Game is, is the finale of the weekend. And some people say that's the whole point of why we're here. This game does not normally mean much to me. I don't particularly care for it. Like I'm very fortunate to get to Absolutely. be here and, and to get to cover it and to be around all these great players. But the game itself, once the game begins, I'm not usually watching. But tonight with this moment and kind of how we had at the end, we can talk about the ending as well. Was was to me the the perfect All Star game for for someone who doesn't have high expectations for right. it. Um, so first of all, before we get to the obvious stuff with Diaz, like where are you usually at with with All Star games, and and then you know what, what numbers is for you? This is my seventh one, so this I don't know. This is my sixth one. Okay, uh, first one was down in Miami, my yep, my, that makes my sense. home, right? Of uh, course, <laughs> but it means you know what it, it means a lot because I always waited for the all-star game and i loved the players yeah. player introductions the presentation and some i mean i always said in venezuela i want to be at an all-star game just right. once right and, and now, now here you now, are now, for the now sixth, year for the sixth time of course so of course it's it's, uh, it's it's a for me it's a blessing and it's something yeah. that i never take for granted oh totally right and anyway being around all these great players there's nothing there's nothing quite like it but but again right well, with the game it's so random right it is it's so because it's especially you know, as we get to like the MVP, the concept of the All-Star Game MVP, and I just wrote a little bit about this, about Diaz at, at Fox Sports, and you can read that over there. Like the All-Star Game MVP is the ultimate random number generator award because <laughs> it's not a real baseball game, it, right? It is not. No one is, none of the, no one's throwing more than two innings at the most, usually just one. No one's getting more than two at bats at the most. And so to win the MVP is, is essentially a roll of the dice. At the same time, when you go back and look at the history of the award, does happen to be a lot of really famous Hall of Famers and, and multi-time All-Stars and guys with real actual MVP awards and whatever. 
But tonight we had something very special happen. It, it is. It was. And for you in particular, as we, as I call you to everybody else and to your face, the king of Venezuelan baseball. <laughs> Uh, for for Mr. Diaz in a game where he was not the only Venezuelan player, he, he was, was not. He was not just the you know the the least maybe uh, well known Venezuelan player, but he was arguably the most anonymous player in this game. In the entire in the entire yeah, in the entire game basically. Right. Yeah, right. I agree. And you could say that as someone who's known him for for a long time, right? And this is because he's a catcher on the Rockies, right? I mean, exactly. that's a that's and he a, was a catcher on the Pirates, and he was a catcher on the Pirates for a long time, right? Yes. For, you know, five years in, in Pittsburgh, and now, uh, you know, in in his uh, his fourth year with Colorado. But because of the rule that you have to have someone for every team, Diaz has had a, a career season offensively. And he was invited as, as the Rockies rep, rep and, and I love that, right? Of course, I'm, I'm so glad that every fan base has someone here. Oh, is his numbers as good as William Contreras or, you know, Francisco Alvarez? No, but who cares, right? Nobody like, cares. a lot of those guys, too, are going to get to, they've been to All-Star Games before, we'll go to All-Star Games in the future. I love this. One of my favorite rules. I, I do love that you have someone from every team. At the same time, like, these guys sometimes don't even get in the game. That's true. Right? That's true. John Means. John Means. Four years ago. Oh my God. Right? John Means. We were going crazy. We we were like, I John Means that. was such when the Orioles are horrible. Exactly. And John Means is the all-star. We were so pissed that he didn't get in the game, right? For on Jake's behalf. You're so right. That's a great call. I don't know if he was warming up, but I remember just being like, but, what he, the fuck? but he just didn't pitch. Just didn't pitch. Right. So <laughs> I remember your guy, your guy's reaction. I was like, yeah, Why? yeah. Cause I got to see, cause Vogelback pinch yeah, hit. And exactly. I got, I got that moment. <laughs> you're, you're so right. But so right. So it's not even a guarantee that you get to come in the game. And yet, for whatever reason, the you know the stars aligned, and here we have fast forward to the top of the eighth inning, facing Felix Bautista. Um, I truly don't care about the rest of the game, so let's just skip to the top of the eighth. <laughs> uh, facing Felix Bautista, who walks in Castellanos, then he pinch hits for Jorge Soler. You're your friend. You're your man. Your man, Jorge Soler. So I'm sure you're a little bit torn there. Yeah. Right. You could have maybe had him pinch hit for somebody else, but okay. Uh, here comes Elias Diaz. So before we get to what happens, I want you to set the stage for us about your relationship with Mr. Diaz and how you know him. Because as we said, he's one of the the most anonymous player in the game, arguably, but he's not that to you. So tell me about him. You know, the first time I met Elias in 2018, this is a crazy, crazy, crazy story. That was my first full year on the Marlins beat. And of course, when Venezuelan players go to Lone Depot in Miami, it doesn't matter if it's Marlins or not, I just go and talk to them. And I said, Elias, this happened to me in spring training. I went to talk to Garrett Cole, and I told him, hey, Garrett, I'm from Venezuela. But back when Cole was on his first year with the Astros. And Cole said, are you from the Venezuelan government? And I'm like, absolutely not. Why would you care? And and Gary Cole said that to you. Gary Cole said that to me. <laughs> and he said, okay, because uh, I don't want to have an interview with someone that had something to do with the kidnapping on my friend, my mom, but uh, of the mom of my friend Elias. Because that happened in February of that year. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, Garrett, I have nothing to do with that. Um, can you give, quickly, can you give a little background about that? Yeah, that sort of uh, his, yeah. his mother got kidnapped in, in Venezuela. Yeah, before uh, in the off-season, before, before that in, season. In the off-season, before spring training, like right before spring training. Wow. And this and is when he's with the Pirates. So this with is 2018. The yes. By the way, a, a great season he had there at exactly. that point, but for yeah. a very, you know, not a good team. Exactly. And no one, it was half a season, not full-time, so nobody really noticed, right? Correct. So I, I said, Gary, in fact, my mom was the one who broke the news about the kidnapping. 
and she was following the case um, since since the beginning. And thankfully, she uh, she wasn't hurt, and it it had a happy ending for for everybody. So then I went to the Pirates Clubhouse months later, and I told Elias like, "Hey, Elias, hi, I'm Daniel. Whatever. Um, this just happened to me with Gary Cole, and he was in shock, uh, of course." And from that day on, we just established a good relationship because we talked about everything. And every time he went to Miami, we talked and we had conversations. He started following Alex Rabase. Of course, we post everything about Venezuelan players there. And they like to see their numbers and their families like to follow what they're doing here in the States or in Venezuela or whatever they are. So that's how our, that's how our relationship um, got built up. And yes, yeah, so that that... that inevitably led to a friendship um, as it ha happened to me with other Venezuelan players uh, something that also I don't I never take for granted but it was very special to have it with Elias because he's very close with Cervelli Cervelli is very close with me so um, that's how it started and yes that's that, that I'm, I'm I Cannot tell you enough how how proud I'm, how happy I'm, I am for for him. And Diaz, you know, coming up, and part of the reason why guys like him can get to the big leagues is because of their defense, right? Right. And he was known coming up with the Pirates. I mean, this is a guy that signed. I mean, his first year in pro ball was 2009. He's an 18 year old with a twenty thousand um, dollar bonus. Dollar don bonus. Bonus. Right. So he comes. Uh, for, do you want to tell us a little bit about where he's from in Venezuela? Or if yes, he's, any, he's, if from a, he's from a little town called El Bajo in, in Maracaibo. Maracaibo is a big city right. in a big state. Uh, Maracaibo is like our Texas. Uh, so everything, it's bigger and hotter there. Um, but it's a, it's a land. Of even better very, baseball. Even better baseball, too. Uh, well, Luis Aparicio is from Maracaibo, so oh, okay, our Hall of okay, Famer. So, go. yeah, so so many great Venezuelan players came from, from Maracaibo and specifically with Elias. Something that I see all the time. Every every time we post a homer or uh, him caught stealing a, a player, or whatever, he, um, people comment, "Hey, the one from El Bajo." El Bajo. The, okay, the, the so, Bajo. That's, that's so that's yeah, that's the spot. That's the spot. Yeah. And then I assume it seems like he's played in the winter league a good amount. Yeah, um, uh, with Bravos de Margarita. Um, that was the first time I saw him play uh, live. Uh, I think it was in my final year living there. And and yes, he, he always looked pretty good. Oh yeah. And I'm just looking, I'm just looking at like the teams he was on early in his professional career. I'm looking at the 2010 GCL Pirates. Wow. We got Gregory Polanco, 18-year-old <laughs> Gregory <Coffee>. Polanco, 21-year-old <laughs> Starling Marte wow. is on that team. We got 18-year-old Joely Rodriguez, Joely, yeah. which is amazing. Uh, the the homie Dovidas Neverauskas is, is chilling down there. <laughs> and it was a steady climb for him up through the system, yes. one level at a time, sometimes repeating levels. But like I said, it was his defense, right? Yes. And of course, Venezuela has so many fantastic catchers, but... If you can catch and you know what the fuck you're doing, yeah. and you can have a good relationship with your pitchers, that's how you're going to get to the big leagues, and, and that's how you're going to stick around regardless of how you're hitting. And, and that's the, that's been the key for him because it's just his personality. He's just just so genuine and s such an easy guy to root for, and he's always happy and he's a prankster, uh, totally. like like no one else. Right. <laughs> and and yes, he's always like that. But obviously, when it's time to to go to work, he oh, yeah. he puts as much effort as anybody in in the league. I we always joke, you you probably can't be a dickhead if you're a catcher because you're not you going to make it very you far. Can't. Yeah, right? exactly. You have to know you got to be some sort of like yeah. a 
psychologist. Yeah, or yeah, or at least, yeah. or at least, if you, you, at least, certainly to your teammates. Maybe you can yeah. be dickheads to, to media, exactly. whatever. But it's that is nice. So, but anyway, I, I set that up to say, here's his moment, this home run that he hits. Okay, so here we go, two two count against Felix Bautista. All right, and. Felix Bautista has allowed three home runs this season. Just three. One to Adam Duvall early when Adam Duvall was God. <laughs> one recently, most recent one to Mike Ford, who is also currently oh, God. Currently God, yeah. And the only other one, but those two were off fastballs. Yeah. The one in between those was back in May, was a splitter. Do you know who hit that one, Mr. Alvarez? I don't know. Who was it? It was Aaron Judge. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the I was waiting other, for some the random only other, yes, dude. The <laughs> only other hitter to yeah. hit a... It's always uh, Aaron Judge. Of course. So Aaron Judge hit a... a <laughs> <laughs> that happened in May. So that's the last time he allowed a homer on a splitter. But he gives a 2-2 splitter, and Diaz uh, elevates it, and it goes just beyond the left field ball to give the National League a 3-2 victory that they hang on to with dear life thanks to the... The most vintage Craig Kimbrell inning we've ever seen, <laughs> but they hang on NL wins for the first time since 2012. So now let's let's fast forward to post game. So on the field in his post game, he was clearly getting very emotional for I think a lot of the reasons you were just describing the history with his mother. Of course, this is going to be a big moment for anybody, and I want to talk about that in a second. But so talk a little bit about what that moment was for him post game, and then I understand you got to talk to him too. So tell yes. me a bit, little bit about what you. Yeah, I mean, and, and he has he had family members here. There's uh, an interview in Alex Rabase you can watch on, on Instagram and, and YouTube as well. Very emotional with his older brother, who is who was like his dad for him because his dad passed away. Okay, wow. He was dad is he's the Colombian one, so that's why he played for Team Colombia. Got it. Yeah, that's a good. And, I was gonna say because yeah, that is the part of the because the, we are confusing. Okay, yeah. Luckily, we're packed in catching. <laughs> and, we had, <laughs> and he's like, I'm trying to get <laughs> some playing time. Playing time. Right. And, and and Omar Lopez told him like, I can have you on the team, right? But as a third catcher. Third catcher. Yeah. And I want you to play. So right. if you want to play and want to be Go the third Columbia. catcher. Go play Do it, Colombia. But and if it's you want to play, right. go to Colombia. And it's fine yeah. because it's it's a way to pay a tribute to his, totally. to his late dad. And it's not and like it's, he's, there's no beef, right? He's still playing Venezuelan Winter League, like not. clearly, and, right? And he has his foundation in Venezuela where yeah. he helps kids every single day in, totally. in, in Maracaibo, in his little town. So, totally. of course, he, he loves the country. Right. And, and um, his catching mask had a Venezuelan flag on, on yes. the back. So, yeah, of course, he's more Venezuelan than anyone. Right. So, you, I, I imagine you got to talk to him a little bit yesterday at Media Availability. Like, before we get to the, like, how has he been processing just being an all-star to begin with? You know, it's crazy. And and this is the part I wanted to share with you because when um, when we talked a couple weeks ago when he had the moment with Joey Votto in Cincinnati when yes. he came back. Uh, and I was I was at that game. Very right? classy so Joey, Joey's first to, game. To call timeout to and say, just hey, give Joey Votto. Exactly. Don't worry deserved. about the pitch clock. Like, let him have this exactly. moment. Right. So I, I told him, like, hey, I, I really like what you did. And he's like, he deserves it because he's a legend. And then we were just chit-chatting and I said, man, the, the Rocky series in Miami seems pretty far in July. But I have the feeling that I will see you in Seattle in two to three weeks. And he said, Papi, uh, I, I don't know. And honestly, I don't think I, I can make it. So it's just God willing now. Uh, but he said, I, he literally said, I ran out of hope. Like, I don't know. And I said, we should just wait and, and see what happens. So obviously, I got the confirmation that he was invited. We, I texted, he texted me and 
Then I called him, like, FaceTime with him, and he, he was just so emotional. But he, when when he got the, the invitation, I was um, so excited more for m more for him than for anyone else. Of course, in, of course, in, in the roster. Because again, like we know the reality of this. Like, yeah, all the odds are this will be the only time he makes an All Star game. Right? Like, possibly. I hope I, I hope I'm but, wrong. Right? But yeah, me, but, me too. But, but possibly but it was all, the last time for yeah. the Arise and the Acunas. Like, they'll be back. They'll we'll be back. see them next year. Yeah. Or whatever year so, after that, Acuna literally 15 more freaking times. Correct. Right? And and it, and Elias was like. I, I just want to go there and, and enjoy, and then yeah. just to be here, right? Yeah, and then when when he gets um, invited, I send him a text like, "Hey, remember what I told you?" It's like, "Yeah, you called it, you called it, you called it," but thank God it happened. And <laughs> Alvarez course, first, Alvarez first, <laughs> and and when we saw each other on media availability, he gave me a big hug. Uh, we we actually talked for two minutes before even started interviewing him, and then <laughs> we talked to him for five more minutes, and then we we keep we kept we kept talking and. I had a Dominican reporter like, are you guys done? Like, He's like, like, hey, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Go move, on. Yeah, on move it along. Man. Move it along. Right. And, and Nelia said like, but I, I, he, he wanted to send a message to the kids from Maracayo that won the, the Latin American tournament and are going to Williamsport to the Little League World Series. Oh, my goodness. To represent Latin America. Oh, my so goodness. it's a Venezuelan team going there. And that's um, from Elias's town, too. Love so he, 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 he loved that. And, 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 and he was just so happy and he wanted to send them the message like, hey, I, I want to say this. And and now that it happened, when when, when, when he hit the homer. <laughs> now he's like, now, he's now like, it's even that he's the amount of the hour. Oh, my yeah. God. Right. It's and and then, of course, uh, post game, um, had an interview with him and he he sent an interview like, hey, you called it <laughs> weeks ago. And, and, and then it was a. a pretty quick interview because he was obviously in a rush but very special and of course he we just hugged after after that and it was very very emotional and I'm, i'm still emotional uh trying to to hold it but uh man i it's it's just such a happy moment for 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 him and for me as well um have we had a venezuelan all-star game yes. mvp Who? uh dave concepcion back in 82 oh, okay so it has been quite some yeah, time also with a, okay. with a go ahead home run david concepcion so, oh there you go yeah. very cool so, okay so yeah he's he's the second one and oh that my was god look now wow Oof, look at what i just came to my mind that was in 82 what a great season right we remember that season yeah of course so, absolutely so well. Uh, I was minus 15. <laughs> yes. But that was the last time, Vene well, no, not the last time, the first time Venezuela had a double play combo at the All-Star game as starters because it was Manny Trio at second and Dave Concepcion at short. This year we had Luis Arrat at, at second and Orlando Arcia at short. Oh -ho. And also, Orlando Arcia's first futures game was in 2015. You know what, who was a teammate of? Orlando that year, Elias Diaz, of course. Elias so Diaz in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. So it's now I'm just thinking about it. Oh my gosh! Everything this is it's up. all. I mean, this is gonna oh, the rest of this night. You're just gonna be like having all these visions and moments yeah. and like. I mean, you clearly already were prepared yeah. for this. I, I was. You called this weeks ago, I, but you didn't call this Homer. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, I did not. So that's the other thing. Was there a little bit not. of? No, I know he's obviously been hitting well this year, yeah. um, and has, has had some offensive moments. But like, was there a little bit of like? Like afterwards, or like, does he also realize like the, the odds of this happening? Like, like how absurd kind absurd, of this is? Absurd. Yeah. But I mean, when I saw it, because 
this was everything. I was in the in the hallway right outside the the NL clubhouse, right? Because we we were just lined up to get in yeah, and yeah, talk yeah. to Arise and of course yeah, 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 Elias yeah. afterwards. And my mom was next to me, and she's a huge Orioles fan. And when she saw Elias coming up to the place, she said. This is the only time in the year I'm going to root against <laughs> Felix Bautista. Felix <laughs> the only time in the year. Like, and then it happened and she was like, I'm just so happy. <laughs> uh, and she would probably apologize oh to my, Felix. Oh my I don't God. know. It's if okay. Will, it's I think okay. Felix will understand. Like, we'll understand. But um, yes, I, I have to give oh. give credit to, to Mari for that. Right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we give credit to your mom in every, every possible <laughs> turn. Um, it was so cool. I am so happy for him. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy. Like, this is just so much better because the way that I put it, I think in a good note to end on here before we uh, proceed to the second half of this show, is basically like Mike Trout winning All-Star Game MVP, which he did in back-to-back years, is impressive because it's like, like I said, it's a random number generator award. And if you are able to stand out in multiple games where it's that random, that's cool. But it doesn't mean anything. Like, I mean, it means something. It's it cool. Means something, yeah. But it's like, it's just not even close to the same because so many of the other guys on this list have been collecting hardware their whole careers in the, before they got it and will after. And for Elysius to have this moment, it's not just a guy like, for example, like a Brent Rooker, yeah. right? Like, that's cool. There's young guys yeah. that come up. This dude is in his ninth season, right? Or part of his ninth season, right? A 32-year-old veteran, a catcher. This is just not who's supposed to be, you know, racing that trophy. So I, it was so freaking cool. And uh, I'm so lucky that I am uh, friendly enough with you that I could say, hey, you're doing this podcast, right? <laughs> because yeah. it, it, it couldn't have been any better. So yeah. I'll let you I'll let you wrap it up. I mean, again, this is the end of All-Star Week. So I don't know if you wanted to share anything else about your All-Star, your sixth All-Star experience. Yeah, um, I mean, as it, we, uh, it, it, I mean, as I said, I, it's always special for me. It's always special for for us in El Extra Base to be able to provide uh, yes. this connection to our Venezuelan fans because um, this wasn't televised in Venezuela today. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is due to the situation down there. It's not it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. um, but somehow we were able to, to show it to many people uh, down there. And that's and all, there, they'll, all, they'll all, know what happened tonight. They'll know what happened, yeah. <laughs> and, and I just don't care about anything else, just doing that and, and be able to to give that to to our people because that's um that's what i what i like to do and it was so special that elias um did what he did um i, I thank him for that so yeah it was pretty special and pretty special um for you to to have me here i i cannot say thank you enough you are it is my absolute pleasure and honor uh, it is the year of Daniel Alvarez. I know it's not about you, but for a rise to be hitting 400, 400. the Marlins to be, you know, headed into the postseason, like this is at least like it's Ronnie it's, possibly MVP. Ronnie MVP. <laughs> like, what the hell else do we need? If like, if only Silvino Bracho. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what this is? This is after Silvino Bracho gives up that homer to Trey Turner. It was like, this is the price you have to pay. Of course. He, he was, you know, sacrificed there. It's just for, for this. just for, for so that you could have an unbelievable season 
for the rest of the year. Um, maybe we're heading for like a, you know, Jose Azokar, you know, World Series wow, walk-off yeah. home oh, run. Man. Or something. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, maybe, I, I know you're friends with all these guys, but like, can we, let's let's manifest some more positive Venezuela-based energy. Somewhere. Like, give me the, the version. Because again, if I told you in March, like, oh my God, what's like the funniest, most random, amazing Venezuela-based thing? would be like, oh, you know, like a game-winning Elias Diaz yeah. home run in the All-Star game. So like, what's another one we want to throw out into the ether? Uh, maybe like a Tyro Estrada on a six hit game like. six hit game but man it's it's tough but uh i would say i don't know Miggy Rowe winning a a game in Here's the postseason for the Dodgers. That's a cool one. That's a, That's cool, a cool one, one yeah. especially with that. We love Mickey Rowe, but we know of he's been, been struggling on offense, but like him hitting a homer would be amazing. Here's one. Ready for ready, I'll throw this one at you. Pablo Lopez perfect game. That's perfect. I That's love it. Perfect he's, because he's he was a, so close. He was, uh, he was close. Ago, yeah. He was close. He loves Felix. That would be a way better perfect game than the one we just saw. <laughs> like I would, I would take it. I, uh, they are here actually next yes. week, I believe. Yes, you could do it against week. some errors. I'll Absolutely. take it in, Let's the, in go. the stadium. Yeah, and and I, you know what? I know Felix would love it. Exactly. Felix was here. Exactly. So, yeah, oh, oh my God. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you get like a like a Ruggio door like four homer game. All right. Well, Something. we could go. We could go all night. Um, okay. Daniel, you are the best. Thank you You're so the best. much. I love you guys uh, so much. I thank you for doing this. Uh, all right. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, uh, you will be hearing the second half of the show, which I'm going to set up after this here break. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Jordan. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman, host of The Smiley Show, a Sirius XM podcast. You want to know what I love about golf? I get to talk to some really cool people. I get to walk the fairways of the best courses in the world with the best players in the world. And I get to share it with you every single week. Listen to The Smiley Show right now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Smiley, S-M-Y-L-I-E. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. Uh, thank you again to Daniel Alvarez for joining me for that wonderful conversation about the All-Star Game MVP, Elias Diaz. Hope you guys all enjoyed that. So just a little bit of background. Jake Mintz had to uh, depart early from this game because he had a red eye uh, to go uh, to, to go head back home. Um, so we both have kind of a busy week going uh, coming up uh, at the end of this week, post-All-Star break. And so we are not going to have a, a fully live show on Friday. We actually already recorded our show on Friday. But we want to give you more for the show on Wednesday to kind of wrap up the All-Star uh, festivities. And, you know, on Friday, last Friday and Saturday, you got to hear the, the All-Star game futures, uh, the futures game interviews that we did with a bunch of those players. But there was one that we thought was the absolute best and we wanted to save it for this week. And so what you're going to hear in the second half of this show is a conversation with Yankees prospect Spencer Jones and Cubs prospect Pete Crow Armstrong, uh, two of the more charismatic and hilarious guys that we had in the Futures game this week and uh, this year. And we really wanted to kind of save that conversation for its own. So as a kind of a capper for All-Star Week and just one of the most fun conversations we had uh, since we got here to Seattle, uh, we're going to run this here conversation that Jake and I had with Pete and Spencer. Uh, and then I will hop back on at the end and uh, wrap up this episode. So uh, enjoy this conversation with Spencer Jones and PCA. Spencer Jones of the New York Yankees and Pete Carl Armstrong, a repeat guest. Welcome back, Mr. PCA. Repeat Armstrong. Uh, repeat Crow Armstrong is here. Pete, 
Hello, how are you, man? Your hair's longer than the last time we talked to you. I know, I know. I'm uh, I'm good. My hair's seen better days, but it, you know, it's all part of the process. Is you know, I I haven't grown my hair out in years. What so. a minor leaguer saying that his hair is taking one day at a time. So the <laughs> hair might get the headlines, but I think I want to talk about the goatee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good, good podcast content, but we are recording video, so this is good. Let's let's talk. People who listen to audio know what a goatee looks like. Yeah. Pete, not this goatee, not this goatee. <laughs> Pete, I want you to explain why it's on your face. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I just want you to walk us through the process. I've gotten a lot of mixed opinions on that as well. You know, you were asking about my style, yeah, and I said it's just kind of confused. Like, you know, I'm always just. I'm just doing things. Just doing I things. I don't know. It, it, it just, you know, it's a choice that, that appears in the moment. And okay. it was really long at one point. Like it was it was full. And, like, I, I finally saw, like, what color my facial hair is going to be. Hmm. But, you know. Wow. Well, big, re- is a big reveal. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's, dark what color red. is this going to be? This is very shocking. What uh, are your thoughts on the on the goatee, Spencer? I, I, think, actually, it, I think it looks good. I'm thanks. not going to lie. Like, I think it's, it's different. But, I mean, it. Gets the message across, you know? What's the message? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I have a goatee. Because <laughs> I, I haven't seen him in months, so, like, this is the first time you've seen me with probably any facial hair ever. Right. It's the first time I've seen you in a year. Has it been a year, really? Okay, so so this is good. What you're hearing now is Spencer Jones wow. being a good friend and thinking about, oh, my friend Pete. That's why they're here together. You guys are friends. You guys have known each other for quite some time. Uh, so take us back to the beginning. When did uh, Spencer Jones first meet Pete Carr Armstrong? What was the situation? And, and tell us about that. Uh, the situation when we first met was Area Code Games okay. in was it 2018. 18. Mm-hmm. Yep. We were with the Brewers the Brewer Area Brewer. Code team. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't the best area code team ever assembled, especially out of Southern California. Okay. What, um, what, why are you saying that? Were you losing the five area code games you were playing? What, what was the problem? Two and three, maybe. Okay. Like so you weren't horrible. No, like, it wasn't well, terrible. <laughs> I just, but, we I mean, had high standards for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. High expectations. For a team with two futures gamers, maybe three, probably more. Who else was on that team that's in Pro Bowl? Um, or maybe that was the problem. It was just you two. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joey Estes. Oh, there you go. Um, I just faced him. Brooks Lee was on that team. Brooks Lee. Okay, was on that team. that's a good name. That's <laughs> when I. That's when my eyes were open to Brooks Lee. That that was like okay. that tournament where everybody was kind of like, which was kind of early. That's yeah. that's before Brooks. Way right before Brooks yeah. Lee goes. So goes you guys kind of meet at that moment, and you keep in touch throughout high school. How much have you actually played against each other or with each other since you met? I don't think we've played each other since zero. Yeah. Zero. I don't think we ever played each other if, together. If anything, it would have been like TOS. I didn't even get invited to TOS. See, that's crazy. Then never. Yeah. Yeah. So, Spencer, you did go to Vanderbilt. PCA was like, I don't need that. Um, I actually was his host. Okay. Oh, now we're getting to this because I know friends. that Spencer is a year older than Pete. Right? A year older. Yeah. A year apart. There is no way to figure <laughs> out if you like someone better. <laughs> Than to host them for an official visit. Okay. Okay. So I had a feeling this was the connection. Judge of character as someone who has hosted freshmen, or sorry, hosted high school kids as a college baseball player. Like two minutes in, you just call a coach. Nope or yes right away. (laughs) So you don't have to walk us through every beat of the official visit. Okay. I don't want. I don't want an hour by hour breakdown. But what do you remember from that weekend? I mean, it was, it's pretty simple. They do a really good job with the official visits of Vanderbilt. Like, you know, the families are there too. So okay. um, the players um, on the team 
are usually linked up with a recruit, right? Usually guys from similar, like similar areas, similar okay. positions, that kind of thing. And Pete had played with one of my teammates at his high school, um, Sam Labokey, who oh, was yeah. at Vanderbilt with me for a while. And so I don't think Sam had, I don't think Sam had a recruit. No, he just tagged along with us. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> He's Seriously. like, I know Pete. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So we, I think we do, we did like, go-karts mini golf that kind of thing nice and then so so uh humble and like just very pure extremely wholesome okay yeah yeah i hope you're telling the truth i do believe you you guys are you guys are good upstanding individuals so here's at vanderbilt especially yeah you failed (laughs) you failed what do you mean he didn't go. <laughs> yeah, Pete had a terrible Pete, Pete had a terrible time. That's why he signed in the like, first round. He's out of high school. You fucked up. You blew uh, it, man. I don't, right. What could Spencer have done? What could Spencer have done? Hold on. Besides, I guess, like, hand you $3 million. Like, what What could he have done? That's, actually, to get, that's a pretty good hypothetical. I mean, like. <laughs> that's probably going to got it done. Like, what could Spencer Jones have done to keep Pete and Robert Hassel <laughs> Right. From well, from saying yes now again though, but this also brings up a hypothetical that we've talked about, Pete. I believe, which yeah. is they had a pretty good center fielder. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so I mean, now Pete is as good as it gets in center field, and yet Enrique Bradfield Jr. is probably one of like a very few people, literally on earth, who can maybe tape say to Pete with a straight face, "I'm better at center field than you." Is that okay? I mean, is that, is, is that absolutely fair? Okay. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I mean, right. I'd expect him to say that, you know? But the only reason I, I bring that up is that Spencer, as you, when you are at Vanderbilt, at no point you're like, man, I wish we had Pete in center. <laughs> <laughs> Pete would have caught it. <laughs> Pete would have caught that one, you know? Right. So you didn't have to worry about that. But at the same time, as as you started pro career, Spencer's at Vanderbilt, right? You, yeah. I mean, was there any amount? I'm curious for you. We've talked about this for you a little bit. Is there any ounce, of course, where you're like, ah, oh, what would that have been yeah. like? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially after, like, seeing how how quickly like the first season went for me like just in terms of of where i was at like two months in one spot and then the rest of the year like that was pretty quick transition it felt like for me and and seeing how for some reason that opened my eyes to just like the thought of dang it would have been really cool to see rob hassel myself and enrique in the outfield together right oh my god like be it short Oh right. my God! Yeah, I mean, played outfield at those three. <laughs> you still be pitching. You still, still be pitching. No, 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 no. You Keep make a really good point, yeah. right? Because like you're when you're in the minors, like your first three months. I'm sure that's a really bizarre, alienating, lonely experience, especially for someone who gets traded right away. Like that's so weird, right? Whereas for you on campus, your fall, so much of the energy is about making sure you feel at home, right? That you are around people and you care about one another. And then you play baseball. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine why you were kind of looking at the people who decided to go to school and you're like, that looks kind of nice. Yeah. And I had friends from high school that weren't athletes, you know, that were also starting off in college. And that was interesting to see. But that was just something that, you know, I was I was prepared to go through. It was just it was just definitely eye opening, you know. Um, yeah. I, I was close with a lot of people at Vandy and it was just it was. Yeah. I'm we'll, curious. I'm, go ahead. I was about to say, we'll get him out to Nashville this offseason. Yeah. And okay. he'll train at Vanderbilt for a little bit. Gotcha. Nice. Well, well, I'm curious, the kind of the reverse of that for you, Spencer. Like, do you ever think about, had you not gone? Had you signed out of high school? And I don't know how realistic that was for any reason. But, like, do you think you would have been ready to go in and be a professional baseball player at 19? Because you certainly probably could have had the opportunity. Um, there was there was an opportunity for me to do that at mm-hmm. high school. But it would have... It would have been in like a two-way role, so I would right. have been pitching and hitting, mm-hmm. and 
for me personally, like knowing what I had gone through at Vanderbilt, I was not prepared for that at a high school. On the field and off the field or? And or? off the field, yeah. yeah. Like everything as far as just like life, expectations, who I was, like what I was doing. Like I wasn't I wasn't ready to handle professional baseball at 18, 19 years old. Yeah. When I interviewed you a couple months ago, there were two things you said that really stuck with me. And one was you were super honest about how like you, you know, the scene in Miracle, the hockey movie. Where he's like, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Like you did in high school. Like you were able to get by on talent. And it wasn't, I remember you said this, like it wasn't until you got TJ where you're like, okay, like I can be really good at this. And if I want to be really good at this, I have to work. And I could imagine how if you had gotten into pro ball, you could have gotten your doors blown off right away and it could have gone a completely different direction. Right. right. Yeah. I like to joke that I'd still be pitching if I was in pro ball at high school. And you hate that. Yeah, I don't want to pitch. <laughs> now, Pete, what was your uh, pitching experience in high school? Because I know you did pretty pretty decent arm. Yeah. Uh, so what what did that look like? Give me the the Pete on the mound scouting report. You know, I'd I'd have my days where I was just dialed in, <laughs> and then my days where I couldn't, where I just couldn't locate anything. You know, and what is dialed in? I mean, is so it just I, you can throw hard? We know that part. But well, like, yeah, I, I threw I threw a fastball, a changeup, and a slider. That was it. Those are uh, pitches. Yep. That's right. That's still three pitches. <laughs> uh, you know, I was, I was up to I was up to ninety my my sophomore year. Like the last bullpen I threw uh, on the mound. Is that the last time you? So you weren't really getting on the mound ever I, after that. No, I pitched. I pitched in the fall and the winter of my freshman year. Going into my freshman year, hurt my arm, had like tendonitis or something like minor, and uh, <laughs> so I didn't pitch. And then tried tried it again and then i just like i was like i don't like this like this i is, don't like this it's at too all. much it's too much you know, spencer's I, like yeah it's too much but like it's not enough at the same time <laughs> i stress yeah. enough about hitting though so it's like i don't need anything extra on my plate you know it didn't take my mind off of <laughs> you imagine being a high school baseball it. coach and there's just this guy through his 90s sitting around and is like i'm good <laughs> yeah but I well, no, but I guess in Pete's case, he was good enough at the other stuff that they weren't going to get mad at him. So <laughs> I, I trusted the process. I don't know if we asked. <laughs> that's great. I don't know if we asked you this question when we had you on in the offseason, Pete, but we really like to ask guys what they suck at, yeah. like a thing in life that they really struggle at, whether it's on like sports related stuff or like Dylan Carlson said he can't open uh, grocery store bags, like produce bags with his fingers. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, he really struggled <laughs> at that. So I'm curious, like, what do you guys suck at in life? What's something that does not come naturally to you? First person shooter games. I can't, oh. I can't game to save my life. Like it's so frustrating too, because I want to play with my friends and I can't. Yeah. Like, so just... what do you do? Like if everyone's playing. But do you fake or... it? Or like, do you just get on a squad that can carry you and just try to have a good time? That's usually what happens. Or does it make yeah, you angry play. to play and suck? Well, that's uh, that's like the flip side. Yeah, it, I think it's a little bit of both. But recently, we got the we got a Nintendo Switch in in our apartment in Kodak in in Tennessee, and uh, we've been playing a lot of Smash, a lot yes. of Super Smash, Mario Kart, and then yes. um, we we just got into Nintendo Golf, like Mario Golf. Okay, oh. and that has consumed most of our post game nights. Dude, have that on the Switch? oh yeah. So I, apparently, it's hard to find though. Like it was just like a. Lucky, lucky discovery, I guess. Hard to find. The switch, the switch is a uh, is it just like an incredible. We, that's funny. We, it is. we just bought a Wii like three oh, weeks like ago. Oh, like an OG yeah. Wii. And we have like yeah. Wii Golf. Oh man! Like so, we're going Wii Sports. Like yeah. we're doing the original Wii Sports. Do you ever play baseball? You ever do the home run derby? No one plays me in baseball. What? Wii sports. But but Why? will you play? I'm too good. You're too. 
You're too good at Wii Baseball? Yeah. So Wii Baseball, when you play Wii Baseball, the original, the pitches that they're throwing in that game as you level up literally is like what Yoan Duran is throwing, but they were doing it, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> like it's like 100 mile an hour splitters and like these pitches, like sidearm, like physically impossible pitches, like sidearm splitters. That should not be possible yeah. if you're throwing from that angle. When you talk about how you're bad at video games, it makes me think of my relationship with golf where I hate it. And I'm not good at it, but like I'll go caddy with my friends. Yeah, like I'll ride in the cart and carry a bag of clubs. Yeah, yeah, like I understand. Like, I it makes that, sense to me. Golf, it makes though. sense to me that baseball players love to just golf, 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 golf. Like it's easy to go hang out. Like great, go outside, whatever. But yeah. if if I sucked at it, I would be it would be miserable. Yeah, it just yeah. seems like a terrible time. Where are you guys at on the is golf fun or not spectrum? It's funny. My my dad works for Titleist. Okay, oh. and. He doesn't golf. I don't <laughs> golf. Um, I went out and we went golfing this Fake off season. Fan. <laughs> and there's a clip on MLB posted a clip of me golfing. They had us all mic'd up. Oh, oh no! Was Wait, was this at Top Golf or this just was, no? This is it. This is like something our oh, like no, they went and played eighteen. You went and played eighteen. Okay, and you and I learned on like hole seven that I'm better swinging right-handed than I am left-handed. Oh, that's so brutal. <laughs> that's so, so brutal yeah <laughs> i have like i have a good set of clubs but they're just sitting they're just sitting in the uh apartment for now uh, oh i just show God. them off to my can, can you what a combo right dad works at titleist from southern california professional baseball player sucks at golf sucks at golf amazing wow it's a modern miracle in the opposite direction pete what, pete what about you my golf game has gotten steadily better okay. like it's been a very you can solid hang. progression yeah i can hang more can than hang. in the video games oh yeah absolutely okay. it's not even close actually like okay. i'm i'm horrendous at like first person shooters yeah. i could play other yeah. video games like i was even decent at fortnite like yeah but like call of duty can't do it could never do it like, yeah. like the last it was halo even a first person shooter yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's like the last one i played and that was back when i had like my 360 yeah. and 20 13 yep. or whatever it was you know that's impressive pete because usually liberals like we're bad at golf <laughs> so that's pretty <laughs> that's what they say <laughs> it's pretty dope that you can you can hit the links well i i have i've embraced how how absolutely f fucking hard golf is <laughs> and but that's it, also why athletes love it right yeah, but clearly actually though on a, on a somewhat serious note like battling each shot you take is so hard but it's so fulfilling when you do something well that part makes sense to me and i think that now now that i've seen like how bad it can be and how good it can be like it's it'd, it'd be really cool to be really good at golf yeah you know like that's a cool that's a cool that's sport true to be good at. that's true and it, yeah. it does obviously have a lot of a lot of cachet in this in this much, this much <laughs> cooler than ping real pong. sport that we <laughs> that we cover uh okay so here's my next question for you you're both ball fans. Like you guys are not just players. Like you think about baseball a pretty decent amount. What's your first MLB memory? When you look back to your childhood and you think, oh, I remember watching that guy face this guy on TV or that moment. What kind of pops up in your brain? That's funny. Right off the top of my head, it was you know, going to Petco Park when I was a little kid and Kevin Kuzman offers the third baseman. <laughs> and when he walked up to the plate, everyone would yell, Kuz. Kuz. The whole stadium. And I asked my dad, why is everyone booing? Why is everyone booing him? Like, He's great. He's Kevin Kuzmanov. Yeah. So you get, get with it. That's like my first, like. That's incredible. We, we had Marcelo Meyer in here earlier 
relaying similar, you know, early Padres memories. He's like, the OG Will Myers and Jed Jerko. I'm like, yeesh. What a franchise, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I'm like, at least say oh, Adrian man. Gonzalez. Or like we're, Orlando Hudson yeah, or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. You associate with the Padres. That's incredible. Okay, I, so that's how I know who Orlando what, Hudson what, even is. What about you, Pete? What, uh, that's uh, It's tough to top Kevin Kuzman off, but let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. Every, <laughs> every day for like a stretch there from like when I was like three years old to however, however old. I uh, I watched the Kerry Wood twenty strikeout game like on yes. on loop every morning yes. apparently, and uh, the whole game yeah like my dad would throw it on the TV and I <laughs> like a DVD like, of it like it was a new game every day <laughs> both <laughs> both he keeps telling you like no this is a different one <laughs> dad this looks like yesterday nope no no no, no, no. no. he did it again I think it was my choice though is what they made you it sound like it. like put it on yeah so yeah. right yeah. so yeah. the top and the bottom of the inning like you watched the Cubs face the <laughs> I don't Astros remember hitters? I don't remember that well but but well yeah. and this is important for those who don't know I mean Pete did you grew up a Cubs fan yeah. dad you know from Chicago and everything so, Dude, so it wasn't nice, so random <laughs> Six story, uh, heartwarming like, stuff. Uh, but you no, can read that. about it in the Chicago Sun Times. <laughs> but but here's the thing: that detail is great and so specific too. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I've, I've watched that Curry Wood game many times as well. So I, yeah. it's it's a good one to, to kind of roll back. It's either that or running out like as one of those Dodger kids uh, okay. and getting Garcia Parra no more's no more's autograph. Nice. Yeah, what yeah. World Series do you like remember watching? Yeah. First, because I think for me, it's probably I remember 2000. I remember 2001. 2002. For me, it's 2002. Giants Angels. But My, yeah, the first one I remember was 2008. OK. OK. Was, Phillies. Yeah. Phillies Yankees. Yep. And then it's a pretty good one. Yeah. That was the first one I remember like being invested. Right. Like caring about it. Right. What do you what? Yeah. Pete, do you have a. No, I'm trying to think. Probably because he's, like, he's like, I only I mean, watched well, the Cubs. Well, I, yeah, I only watched the Cubs. <laughs> I mean, you've told that story 26 My dad's course, like, I'm my saying, dad's like, you want to put the World Series on? No, Kerry Wood, run it back. Uh, <laughs> basically, yes. Basically, Pete's like in the yeah. dugout watching film <laughs> in, double, in double A. What are you watching? Is that the pitcher we're facing? No, it's just Kerry Wood. So our producer Brady, you said do your homework. Brady really Brady this motherfucker does his homework and so we show up today at lunch and he's like I got a background sheet on like all the guys whatever like Spencer Jones is a brother who's in a band what's the band's name Mega Mango Mega Mango Mango. can you confirm yeah Brady was like Mega Mango (laughs) what's the deal with Mega Mango and Fruit Core so they they started in 2020 like pre pre pandemic they just gotten together and they released a song and so what happened was you know everything happens they get shut down everybody has to be sent away right but they have this song they release it, it gets like a couple million plays on spotify whoa, whoa. out so the gate like, whoa what a right? debut like we made a good song right and so after COVID and everything they you know reunite back in philly my brother was keeping in touch with them and you know they they got the band back together and love getting back after together. one song well, they had they had made an EP. <laughs> okay, oh, they, okay. Had an EP. Sorry, sorry. You made it and sound then, like that like was their had, only they song, song, and then they disbanded and they came got back. Some good plays. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got and it. Got then, it. Um, <laughs> okay. But like, I mean, they've been doing well. Like in the past year, they've they've been nice. on tour. So in spring training, they did like a full East Coast swing. They're based out of Philly. Amazing. And so they drove all the way down. They were hitting shows from up in Philly all the way down into Florida. Okay. And they did a full West Coast swing, went all the way out to Los Angeles, San Francisco. Wow. And then came all the way back. 
and my brother like i think they have another tour coming up at another point in this you're year. losing track of the tours they have, have so many this is unbelievable i think this is be the third time they'll be going on the road but the first time i saw well that's on the not road, i mean you're on the road all the time that's the, a big deal the first time i saw him on the road <laughs> was like the first week i got back to nashville after the okay. season was over and like my brother's tall too he's like you know six four right he plays the bass got nice long hair tall for a bassist yeah right. well, <laughs> well i was asking him like hey like how are you guys going from show to show like do you guys have a van he's like oh we got it all packed in the jetta right so they have a full <laughs> full drum kit you know in the back seat with how many people there's four band members right and so they have, am i thinking of the right car this doesn't seem yeah, possible it's like it was, a, no it's unbelievable <laughs> yeah it's like they're playing tetris after every show oh my. the volkswagen jet is just like the it's like a bigger buggy right it's just it's a sedan it's a small car, yeah, it's a small car. they got four sedan in the jetta in the jetta yeah rolling in the jetta oh, but okay since upgraded right hey okay. they, have a, they have a bigger bigger okay. vessel now right so <laughs> they've been they've been releasing music um like it's all on Spotify, Apple Music, amazing Mega Mango Band. Go check them out. So Mega Mango. My one question so, that you might have is, what is Fruitcore though? Like you yeah. say, that's the genre, right? <laughs> well, it's like their own little subgenre, right? So it's like indie music, pop music, right? It's stuff that you know. I don't even know how to describe the sound of it. You know, okay. it's like it's like guess we'll like have to listen. Pop, you know what I mean? I love that. Well, it's mango fruit. Is that related? Right, but it's a fruit with a pH. <laughs> So oh, I don't really understand. Let me say this. I think it, I think it's from Philadelphia, so it's like oh, we, oh, well that's right? that always works in Philadelphia. You throw the pH, you throw the pH on top of anything. I'm listening to Mega Mega. <laughs> now we're locked in. Now we're locked in. So, oh, so I, I, I actually do have one question off of this for for both of you, and then we'll we'll finally excuse you because we just talked to Jonathan Cannon. He talked about how zero musical talent whatsoever. I can certainly relate to that. I don't know. Do you guys have any musical talent instruments? Maybe not to your brother's level, but do you, Pete, do you have any history? You definitely choice? cannot sing. I can just look at you. <laughs> well, well, I look at Pete and the way <laughs> Pete talks. There's no way that's you crazy, can sing, Pete. That's crazy. Okay. Can well, you, you can, may, He might be surprised one day. You never know. That's true. That's fine. But what about, let's keep it to the they're instrument. Gonna have no, sing, I, they're going to have him sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. <laughs> oh, Actually, that'd be cool. I would do that for sure. Uh, from the field? Yeah, from Hell center yeah, field. Yeah, from center field. That'd be sick. Yeah, what's, but what instruments? No, like I can, I can. I can thumb the guitar, okay, and I can play like a teeny weeny bit of drums, okay. But Sp- that's it. Spencer, can you sing though? Like You're I said, really- you might be surprised one time. It might oh. be, you, the, the first time you see me sing might be in center field at Wrigley. <laughs> Spencer, what about you? I have zero music. Zero. So then, what I asked Jonathan is, if you could pick any instrument to magically be amazing at, what would it be? Ukulele. Oh, see, that's a great answer. That, that's you, something you, you could probably you could it. probably figure that out. I think that's our, something. Our first base coach um, with our team, he'll walk in the locker room playing the ukulele i think it's the funniest thing ever in what situation after a win it'll just be like in the morning right we're all getting ready for whatever right? stay it's loose like, boys it's like the base running means best start right he comes in plucking the uke somewhere <laughs> uh okay what about you Pete? bro a ukulele are, are we, in your hands would look hilarious are you picking too. are you picking ukulele no I'm not no picking the ukulele. yeah i'm probably picking like like See, you're the sitar. <laughs> sitar. <laughs> now we're talking. Yes. This is why. How we... many futures gamers know what a sitar is? <laughs> no, so actually, funny enough, my uncle plays the sitar. Of course. My uncle plays like every instrument you could actually think of. That's the only reason I know how to play like a. Like Even the little smallest bit. bit of drums. But All right. No, you, I think the drums. I'd actually like. I'd. I'd want to be really good at. The, I can picture that. 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 That's believable. Yeah. The sitar. Is, I have a business <laughs> idea for your uncle. Sitar hero. 
All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> We've covered it all. We could keep here all day, but you guys have, have other uh, places to be. Any P- complaints? P- oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, we like to ask for feedback. <laughs> oh, yeah. On the show. Like, is there anything we could be doing better? Is there anything you like, in your life you, that's like you, a little sneaky? You do your homework. How would you do your... I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we yeah, did not prepare enough for this interview. I, well, yeah, I actually do because okay. we were texting about this is the... the France trip or oh. the Spain trip. Mm. So I did. I was in France a month ago. Yeah, it was great. Just drank a bunch of wine, biked around. No complaints. I got some nice pictures. I sent him some some <laughs> photographs. Pete, you been to Europe? No. Well, I, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Spain. Yeah, Spain. Been to Spain. Spain. That's briefly. I have. Very briefly. I got an off season off season trip. Off season planned already. We're working on it. Ooh. Where are we going? We're in between um, Spain okay. and Portugal. Okay. That would be, we're going to do two countries. So do either Spain and Portugal or Croatia and Greece. So I just a little bit of advice. I would avoid Russia right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. There's yeah. a lot of other options. I don't There's know how many things. Nice I don't know how many places would have to you know cancel before cancel we get up to Russia. Yeah. yeah, I'm not trying to get you canceled on here or anything, right. but like I would just avoid canceled. We're Moscow. trying to keep him safe. My yeah. goodness, out of out of Russian prison. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know the Yankees. <laughs> The Yankees are like, what happened to Spencer Jones? Oh, uh, he went to uh, Vladivostok on his you know, classic mistake. Who, classic mistake. Who do you think they would trade me for? Who? <laughs> oh, like in the prisoner swap? <laughs> That's a good question. So, like, we really want to know his trade value. Yankees, this is how we find out. The Yankees could use, you know, they could use some rotation depth, I guess. So they, they sure could. You send Spencer Jones back from Russia. We'll take an arm. Uh, all right, <laughs> send you an arm. On that note, let's save all of us and uh, end this podcast. Uh, Pete Armstrong, Thanks. Spencer Jones, Jake uh, Vince, thank you all. And uh, we will probably do this again at some point. Goodbye. <laughs> Welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. I'm Jordan Schusterman. Now solo, wrapping up this final All-Star Game edition as the T-Mobile Park grounds crew is wrapping up, cleaning up everything going on on the field here. Um, Thank you to everyone who listened and supported this show over the past few days as we cranked out some extra episodes. Uh, This was super fun. We are, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, very, very, very lucky to get to cover this event. And we do not take it lightly, but we hope that we could kind of share some of that that opportunity and that experience with with all the listeners. So thank you all for that support. Thank you to Jake Mintz for co-hosting. I know he is currently on a uh, red-eye plane heading home. Uh, On Friday, you will hear an episode that we actually recorded earlier today as a special segment kind of previewing the second half. I won't spoil what that exact uh, kind of structure is, but I think you guys are going to enjoy that. But um, until then, we'll be back next week. Day to be determined, hopefully Monday, maybe Wednesday. But either way, you can be sure to rate, review, subscribe, follow, tell your friends about Baseball Barbecast. We want more people to listen to it just because we were having a good time. And we think that uh, more people who love baseball will enjoy it, hopefully as much as we do. So thank you as always to Chris Tyler for producing. Thank you to Daniel Alvarez for joining me. And thank you to Elias Diaz for giving uh, me uh, probably one of my favorite all-star memories ever. So thanks again to everyone who listened all week. And we will be back on Friday with more Baseball Barbercast. Serious XM Podcasts.